Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm bringing you guys my must-draft wide receivers part number two. If you guys ended up missing part number one that was on my channel a couple of days ago, I talked about four other wide receivers that I believe are must-draft for fantasy football in 2020. In today's video, I'm bringing you another four wide receivers that we're going to be discussing in today's video and going in-depth into why I also believe that these players are must-draft due to mostly their ADP, where I believe they're being picked at a spot that I think is just tremendous value for the given wide receiver. So before we get into it, I'd like to ask you guys, could please go down below and click that subscribe button. It's free, and I produce content every single day to help you guys win that fantasy football championship. I even make two videos on certain days. It's not even really a schedule. It's just some days I upload twice. I'm going to try to upload every single day, twice a day, one normal video plus one mock draft, so I'm sure you guys don't want to miss out on that, as well as my Patreon. It has my draft guide, all of the rankings, sleepers, all types of shit on there for Patreon, $7.50 for the month of August. You guys can dominate that 2020 fantasy football draft. So without further ado, Let's get right into it. Must draft wide receivers for fantasy football in 2020. First wide receiver to talk about here is Kenny Galladay, wide receiver of the Detroit Lions, FFPC ADP 33. So right now on FFPC, which is high stakes kind of drafts, they're like $50 plus. So people are putting in real money for these drafts. His ADP average draft position is the 33rd overall pick of those drafts. He is a Detroit Lions, 6'4", 218 pounds, 26 point eight years old his 40 yard dash 67th percentile 92nd percentile speed score 45th percentile burst score 60th percentile agility score and an 81st percentile catch radius from mr kenny bones so if we look at his stats from last year kenny galladay really had an amazing season a season like people like myself saw coming i was a big fan of kenny galladay coming into last year and the guy even exceeded my expectation finishes wide receiver number nine in 2019 playing in all 16 games kenny galladay is not a player known to have any type of injury kind of problem. So his ADP right now is coming off the board one spot higher than he finished last year at wide receiver number eight, pick 26, round number three. And that is a very fine spot for Kenny Galladay. I believe he has the potential to finish inside of the top five if all things roll Kenny Galladay's day. So, or Kenny Galladay's way, I should say. So 15.5 PPR points per game, ranking 12th at the wide receiver position last year. He had over 100 targets with 116, and which is 7.2 per game, ranking 21st at wide receiver, 65 receptions, 4.1 per game, ranking 29th at wide receiver. Now, I know that might seem like, oh, Nick, Kenny Galladay has no fucking hands. How this guy probably has fucking butterfingers because he's dropping the ball all the time. He only caught about half of his targets. That is just fake news. That is false, as we would say, because the fact is, his quarterback play at the end of the year was absolutely fucking atrocious. The first half of the year was with Matthew Stafford. The rest of the season was with David Blau, and I believe another quarterback played as well. And we're going to talk about that in the next couple of minutes. So he had 1,190 receiving yards, 74.4 per game, dominant at the wide receiver position. So even with only catching uh, 65 balls, he was able to get almost 1,200 receiving yards last season. They turned those into 11 total touchdowns first amongst wide receivers. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to score 11 touchdowns again because predicting touchdown total at the wide receiver position is very, very hard considering the fact that some guys are just, it's just so inconsistent. A guy will score 10 touchdowns one year, then five the other, unless you're Julio Jones because we all know Julio Jones is going to score like five or six touchdowns 
every single year. So if we're looking at Kenny Galladay's red zone receptions, it's actually kind of crazy because he only had eight red zone receptions, 18th amongst wide receivers, which is still very good, but he had 11 total touchdowns. So his touchdowns were not coming necessarily inside of the red zone. He was actually a guy that was able to go deep down the field and have Stafford or David Blau hit him deep with that pass. 21.1% target share in that Detroit Lions offense, ranking 33rd at the wide receiver position, which doesn't necessarily scare me because as you guys should know, it's kind of a 1A, 1B situation in Detroit with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. So if we look at Kenny Galladay's nice stats here, his efficiency stats, he had 18.3 yards per reception, ranking 4th at the wide receiver position, 10.3 yards per target, ranking 6th at the wide receiver position. And while it's impossible for the efficiency to stay exactly the same on a year-to-year basis, I think we see Kenny Galladay be pretty fucking efficient in 2020. 75.1% catchable target rate, which is obviously important considering his passes just weren't looking too good at the end of the season once David Blau became the starting quarterback after Matthew Stafford ended up hurting his back. Ranking 71st at the wide receiver position, 54.2% contested catch rate, ranking 7th at the wide receiver position. So a very, very, very good contested catch rate. Obviously, Kenny Galladay is just a big boy, and he's going to be able to catch the ball wherever you throw it to him. So now if we look at the splits between Stafford and David Blau, it is going to look like a completely different player for Kenny Galladay. In the eight games with Matt Stafford versus the eight games without, with Mr. Matt Stafford, we saw 15.44 half PPR points per game versus 11.75 without Matthew Stafford. So obviously a solid increase. Same thing goes with PPR points, 17.62 per game with Stafford versus 13.62 without. This is due to an increase in targets, 7.75 versus 6.75. So a whole target more with Stafford under center, which equated to more receptions, obviously 4.38 versus 3.75. More receiving touchdowns, 0.88 per game versus 0.5. And more receiving yards, 80 versus 68.75. So as long as Matthew Stafford can stay healthy, we could see Kenny Bones really hit that elite status and really be one of those top five guys if, if, if he was to get hurt again. I am still confident that Kenny Galladay will have a great season yet again in 2020. So it's almost better that we've seen how he produced without Stafford so that we know even if he was to go down, Kenny Galladay is still an amazing player for fantasy football in 2020. Looking at the next wide receiver up here, we have my main man, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons, FFPC ADP 43.09, foot one, 189 pounds out of Alabama, 25.7 years old. He ran a 4.43 40-yard dash, which is an 86th percentile at that metric, 64th percentile speed score, 2nd percentile burst score, 42nd percentile agility score, 24th percentile catch radius, and a 100% chance to bulldoze the Buccaneers defense. This guy's games against the Buccaneers defense, he's literally sticking the tip in and then the whole thing in right after without using any lube. This guy just does them dirty. Calvin Ridley plays amazing against them and he gets to play them two times a year. So those are two amazing games as well. Obviously, are not just fucking drafting a guy because he plays two games up against the Buccaneers drafting him because I believe he will be good up against every single goddamn team. So looking at Calvin Ridley, last year finished as wide receiver number 27, playing in just 13 games right now, coming off the board as wide receiver number 17, pick 43, and is a fourth round pick right now. In just 13 games, he averaged 15 PPR points per game, ranking 18th 
at the wide receiver position. 93 targets, 7.2 per game, ranking 34th at wide receiver, 63 receptions, 4.8 per game, ranking 30th at the wide receiver position, 866 receiving yards, ranking number 30 at wide receiver, being 66.6 per game. He had five total red zone receptions, 42nd at wide receiver, though he did equate that to seven total touchdowns, 13th at wide receiver, and he had a 17.7% target share in that Atlanta Falcons offense, ranking 55th at wide receiver, but I expect that number to really go up now that Mohamed Sanu is gone for the whole year, and he is clearly the wide receiver two of this Atlanta Falcons team, obviously behind Julio Jones. Now, the thing about Calvin Ridley is that he is in probably the best system to succeed as a wide receiver number two on the team. Now, Nick, why is that? It is because the Atlanta Falcons last season were the most pass-heavy offense in the NFL. These guys are throwing the rock regardless of where they are on the field. They could be up by 30 like we saw in the Super Bowl, and they'll still be passing the ball. They don't give a single fuck about running the goddamn ball. They are just a pass-heavy offense. Dirk Cutter and Dan Quinn get together. They have some type of a jerk meeting. They're just cranking off to looking at the offense. They see Matt Ryan on the screen. They blow a load. They see Mr. Julio. They bust. They see Hayden Hurst. They see Cameron Lee. They see all these guys, and it just makes them cream their pants because they know that this offense is going to be great, and as long as they are very pass-heavy, like I believe they will be, they were the number one most pass-heavy offense in 2019, and I believe that they can return to form in 2020, even if they're not the number one team. Even if they're just in the top five, this team is going to be very, very pass-heavy. Plus, I've talked about this a million times, there is the Matt Ryan theory, the Matty Ice theory that I pretty much trademarked, where you talk about how the fact is that this guy is good one year and then great the next year. Good, great, good, great, good, great. He finishes the number two quarterback, then he'll be like number 13, then number two, then number 15. So last year, he was his good year. This year, we're going to see him play excellent, and I believe Calvin Ridley is really going to feast this year. And if Julio Jones was to somehow go down, Calvin Ridley would be literally a top five wide receiver in fantasy football. Right now, I believe he has top 12 wide receiver potential, even as the wide receiver two on the Atlanta Falcons. So if we look at his splits with Mohamed Sanu versus without, this is really the key in why I am really buying into Calvin Ridley this season. Mohamed Sanu obviously got traded to the New England Patriots, so he is not going to be playing at all this year for the Atlanta Falcons. So in split is the first seven games of the year with Mohamed Sanu on the team versus this out of split is the sixth game. At the end of the season, Calvin Ridley played without him. So in the seven games with Mohamed Sanu, he was averaging 10.83 half PPR points per game versus without Mohamed Sanu, 14.95. In PPR, he was averaging 17.78 without Matthew Stafford. Not without Matthew Stafford. That was about the last topic. But without Mohamed Sanu versus 12.9 with Mohamed Sanu. So there's a clear increase in numbers. Now, why is this? It is due to an increase in receiving yards going from 53.29 to 82.17 without Mohamed Sanu. It is due to an increase in targets 6.29 versus 8.17 per game receptions 4.14 versus 5.67 and the only metric that is actually higher with Muhammad Sanu is the receiving touchdowns 0.57 per game versus 0.5 which doesn't really matter all that much it's just an increase in one touchdown if you were to equate that over a 16 game pace but at the end of the day the reason why that's going to happen is because uh, Muhammad Sanu is going to get better coverage than Calvin Ridley at that time now Calvin Ridley is going to be the wide receiver too 
but at the end of the day, that doesn't really fucking matter because the guy could score five touchdowns, he could score ten, and that while that might be the difference between him being potentially a top five guy and a top ten guy, I still think Calvin Ridley will be good regardless of his touchdown output. So if you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. Looking at the next player here is Mr. Me Cole Hardman, wide receiver of the Kansas City Chiefs, FFPC ADP 134.96. Obviously, a Kansas City Chief, like I said, five foot ten, 187 pounds, a second round pick out of the Georgia Bulldogs. He was a rookie last season. This year is going to be his sophomore season in the NFL, 22.4 years old. This guy is absolutely fast as fuck, just like all the Chiefs. These guys I don't know what they're on. They're on some type of speed. They're snorting the booger sugar before they go out there and play every single game. They're skiing the slopes. I don't know how the fuck they do it, but these guys are absolute speed like Lightning McQueen. 4.33, 40-yard dash, 99th percentile. This guy would run circles around me and probably make me fucking fall over because of how fast he's running. I'm trying to look around in a circle. 74th percentile speed score, 52nd percentile burst score, 75th percentile agility score, and a 55th percentile catch radius for Mr. B. Cole Hard Man. ADP wide receiver number 49, pick 126 and a round number 11. And Me Cole is going to make me hard man when I draft him in every single Single fucking league because this guy is a game breaker at the wide receiver position. I don't believe he's the safest Kansas City Chief player. I think actually drafting Sammy Watkins, it could be a potential thing towards draft season. But right now, I'm all aboard the Meek Cole Hardman train. Choo-choo! We're all going to hop aboard, and we are going to join aboard the Meek Cole Hardman train because this Kansas City offense ha is a absolute train of fucking shit up, and they don't stop for no one. Wide receiver number 64 last season playing in just 16 games. 7.1 PPR points per game, ranking 74th at the wide receiver position. He had 41 total targets, 2.6 per game, ranking 98 at the wide receiver position, 26 receptions, 95th at wide receiver, 538 receiving yards, 33.6 per game, ranking 62nd at the wide receiver position, 6 total touchdowns, 22nd at wide receiver, 3 red zone receptions, 73rd at wide receiver, and 7.3% target share in that Kansas City offense, ranking 145th at the wide receiver position. So these stats obviously aren't going to make you just blow a load to draft me, Cole Hardman, but I do believe that he is going to have a great season in 2020. I do believe he's going to be kind of hit or miss. You're going to try to want to stream him in games where you believe the defense is just booty cheeks and McCall Hardman is just going to be able to put his name on their ass like a tattoo on Lana Rhodes's ass. That's what they're going to be doing right there. It's going to be fucking amazing. McCall Hardman is going to be able to improve in 2020. Last year was his rookie year. This year, he has the potential to become the wide receiver two on the team ahead of Sammy Watkins. Considering Sammy Watkins really didn't do jack of all shit besides week one and in the Super Bowl when he put Mr. Sammy Watkins on. It's not Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins put fucking uh, Richard Sherman on some stilts. This Chiefs offense is likely going to be just as efficient as last year, so I think that we could see McCall Hardman really improve this season after his rookie year last year. So if we look at his efficiency, this guy was ultra-efficient last year, 20.7 yards per reception, ranking first at the wide receiver position, as well as 13.1 yards per target, which is obviously because Horsecock Mahomes is just ho hoisting the ball, and by hoisting, I mean heaving him the ball deep down the field. Mahomes got paid the big buck so he could be big money Mahomes, money bag Mahomes, and McCall Hardman is going to be a benefactor of that. Plus, if Tyreek Hill was 
to somehow get hurt. We could see Mikal Hardman really exceed his expectations this year. Plus, he's just wide receiver number 49 off the board. A nice late-round flyer who can produce some great value for your fantasy team. So, final wide receiver of the video is my main man. Oh, just fucking kidding. I have fake news right there. We are actually going to be talking about his stats last season. So, if you notice, his stats were kind of iffy. He has games where he's hot. He scores 16 points, then 18 points. They just fucks you right in the ass and scores you 0 points, then 11, 8, 10, 13, then negative points. And they plays good and then bad, 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 bad a million times in a row. So what is the discrepancy that's really causing this to happen to Mr. Mecole Hardman? And it's just an increase and decrease of routes. You can see when the guy's getting like 20 plus routes, the uh, odds of him playing much better is very high. But then he's getting games with eight routes where he scores zero points, six routes, two points, four routes, goose egg. So you got to make sure that Miko Hardman is getting the ball more this year, and I believe that he is going to have more opportunity this year and will be running more routes in 2020. So now we can actually get onto the final guy of the video, the second Detroit player of the video, and that is Mr. Marvin Jones. Starvin Marvin Jones, FFPC ADP 104.96 of the Detroit Lions, six foot two, 200 pounds, 30.4 years young. So his 40-yard dash was a 4.46, which is 77th percentile. He has a 76th percentile speed score, only a 9th percentile burst score, 84th percentile agility score, 75th percentile catch radius, and a 100% chance to probably miss like three or four games considering the guy does it every single year. But at this value, FFPC ADP 104.96, you just cannot miss out on Mr. Marvin Jones. Last year, Marvin Jones finished as wide receiver number 28 in 2019, playing in 13 games. He averaged 14.9 PPR points per game, 19th at the wide receiver position. So when the guy was healthy, he was playing very good for the Detroit Lions, which causes me to be very fucking confused at why his ADP is wide receiver number 37, pick 91, round number 8. They're putting some huge disrespect on Marvin Jones' name, considering the guy's been pretty good for the last couple of years in his NFL career. He had 92 total targets last year, 7.1 per game, ranking 37th at the wide receiver position, 62 receptions, 4.8 per game, ranking 32nd at the wide receiver position, 779 receiving yards, 59.9 per game, ranking 36th at the wide receiver position, 9 total tutties, 3rd at wide receiver, 11 red zone receptions, 9th at wide receiver, and a 20.2% target share in that Detroit Lions offense, ranking 39th at wide receiver. So like I said, this is a 1A, 1B scenario in Detroit with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. I believe both of these guys could have great seasons. Obviously, I prefer Kenny Galladay. That's why he's the first guy in the video, and Marvin Jones is the last guy but you know nice guys always finish last so Marvin Jones is a very very nice guy very nice so Marvin Jones for 2020 should be pretty similar to what we saw last season and his output just like with Kenny Galladay was not super dependent on Matt Stafford but he was playing much better with Matthew Stafford under center before he hurt his back like he was your grandfather so in games it was eight with Matthew Stafford versus five without in games with Matthew Stafford the eight games he averaged 13.86 half PPR points per game versus 10.4 without, which is obviously a solid increase. Those three points could be make or break to make you make the fantasy football championship or have you crying yourself to sleep like myself when you don't make your fantasy football championship. 6.49 PPR points per game versus 12.4 without Matthew Stafford. So clearly the poor quarterback play has an effect on these wide receivers. Who would have known that that would happen? 5.25 receptions versus 4 without Stafford. His touchdown total was up with Stafford, 0.75 versus 0.6. His target total was up 7.12 versus 7. And his receiving yards were total 66.88 per game versus 48.8 without Matthew Stafford. So overall, Marvin Jones was a much better wide receiver 
with Matthew Stafford versus without. So I hope you guys understand that Marvin Jones is going to miss a couple of games, but when he is healthy, this guy has game-breaker potential. We saw Marvin Jones have multiple games last season where he absolutely taking Kenny Galladay to school and just destroying him. But obviously, both of these guys are going to have games where they're better than each other. But it is important to note that Marvin Jones is the wide receiver two on the team, but it is a 1A, 1B scenario with him and Galladay. I really believe if Matthew Stafford can stay healthy, both of these guys are going to fall inside of the top 20 and will be one of the best tandems in the NFL at the wide receiver position for fantasy football, probably just behind Mr. Um, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. So thank you guys all for watching this video. If at any point you ended up laughing, you ended up having a great fucking time, make sure to click that subscribe button. I'll see all you motherfuckers back again tomorrow with yet another video. Please make sure to check out the Patreon down below with my draft guide, $7.50 a month so you can get all those big facts on there. Also, make sure you click that subscribe button, slap it real good, and have a great rest of your guys' day. I'll see you guys later potentially with another video. If not, I'll see you guys tomorrow. I love you all. Have a great rest of your guys' day. A, B. See you later.